Let Lita take you on a journey of faith, life, travel, and interior design. Take your life out of the status quo and into 2020. Status Life with Lita is brought to you by Status Home Design and by the law office of Derek M. Hayes at 404-777-HURT. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Status Life with Lita on Business Radio X. We are broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio in the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. On every episode of Status Life with Lita, we take you on a journey of faith, life, travel, and interior design. We want to take your life out of the status quo and into 2020. My name is Derek Hayes, and it's my pleasure to introduce the star of the show, Miss Lita Brooks. Good afternoon, Lita. Hi, good afternoon. Well, before we begin, a quick reminder that Status Life with Lita is brought to you by Status Home Design, your one-stop shop for all your home and gift needs, and by the law office of Derek M. Hayes. Injured in Georgia, make the right call to the law office of Derek M. Hayes at 404-777-HURT. Well, let's get started with today's show. I okay. want to talk about something yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I know it's it's the thing that I think is the best to, to lead today's uh, show because it was something very important. You did something yesterday. I saw it on social media. I'm not sure if everybody else did, but tell us about what you did. I did. So I donated plasma for the first time. I went to a donation clinic and sat in the chair and gave my plasma away. Wow. Well, how did that come to be? What What made you decide to donate plasma? Well, it actually came from a letter. So when I was tested for the coronavirus in March, late March, when I didn't know this, of course, I'm learning all things about coronavirus, COVID-19, as everyone else. But when you test positive, they now need your antibodies. And so um, I guess it was in May, I received a letter in the mail. And I'm here in Metro Atlanta. So it's called the Northeast Georgia Hospital System or Healthcare System. And they said, because you tested positive through our healthcare system, uh, we would like you to donate plasma. So I got the letter and called and made the appointment. Well, that's terrific of you to do that. That's great. But kind of talk us through the process a little okay. bit. A lot of us have never done that before. I saw the pictures. Your arm was hooked up to all kinds of things. It kind of looked scary, but how was it? Well, it was relatively simple. And I think the number one thing, even people that have seen the social media yesterday, and I had the opportunity to sit with some of my friends this morning, uh, even before this show, and it was all wide-eyed. How did it feel? Was it scary? Did it hurt? The number one question, did it yeah, hurt? I've heard that. I heard that it would hurt. It did not hurt. No, it did not hurt. Um, no pain, even the prick going in the arm. And I'm, not, I'm wimpy. I'm super wimpy, right? I don't like any kind of stings and needles. I don't love needles. Um, you know, getting a shot or, or having blood drawn or anything like that. But I am telling you, it was pain free. And I'm saying that so many, many, many more people will donate and not have the fear that it's going to lay there and hurt. So they start by pricking your finger to check your iron. And this was really interesting. I had no idea. But as they were, uh, the nurse technician was helping and she's checking your vitals and, and checking you in from the paperwork. She said, oh, I hope your iron is high enough. And I went, well, wait a minute. Why? She said, if your iron is not, and whatever the number was, if your iron is not above this number, you can't donate. And hmm. I went, well, I wish somebody would have told me that. I'm a vegetarian. Uh, well, I'm pescatarian. <laughs> yes, I eat yes. fish. So I would have amped up my iron. I would have amped up my right, protein right. yesterday. Uh, 
thankfully it was perfectly fine but while that test was running she was really sweating it she said oh my gosh we need your plasma so much i'm praying 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 that your iron is high enough and it was a big sigh of relief for she and i when the the little iron uh, finger prick test came back so they do your vitals uh paperwork put me in the chair and they just hooked me up to a machine and the way it works is they take everything out the blood the plasma everything goes into a machine and it spins around and they pull what they need out and they put everything else back in so while i will say for me it was pain-free there was a little bit of discomfort it just feels like pressure it's not painful i wouldn't lay there and say there was any ounce of pain um but yes your arm is is stretched out it's just like donating blood Every, i'm sure everyone if you haven't donated you've seen what that looks like to just lay in a chair and donate blood she said it would get more uncomfortable the longer i laid there but for me it was the opposite it was uncomfortable the first few times you could feel the blood going back in and then mm -hmm. it it, it just, I guess it kind of went away. I just, I brought a good book and I just laid there in the chair. It's very cold um, because of COVID-19. They can't use blankets anymore. Huh. So the room is very, very cold. Any time you go into a hospital or a lab or a doctor's office, right? It's got to be a certain temperature. So they can't use blankets. So they had, heat, they put a heating pad over my arm so I couldn't see anything. You can't see the blood. It was all covered up and nice and warm. So that was it. Well, just out of curiosity, I don't think you mentioned this. How long did it take from beginning to end? So the whole process, I got there at 9. I was released around 11. But again, checking the vitals, the paperwork, that's, sure, that's probably takes as long right. as the process. It depends on your height and weight. I learned that yesterday. Mine was 35 minutes for, again, my age, my height, and my weight. It probably takes a little bit longer if you're a larger gentleman uh, or if you're more petite than I am, it would take less. But ultimately, the, you're saying just having, having had COVID-19 is not sufficient. You must have the iron level at a certain point before they can use your plasma and actually do the donation. Though. Yes, I just found that out yesterday. I never knew that. I've yeah, heard so much about donating plasma, but I didn't think about the technicalities that come with the uh, donation itself. So, well, after it was all over and done with, how did you feel? fine really I was very thirsty uh, and she told me that the nurse you know drink tons of water and I was chugging water yesterday um, one little moment in the afternoon I got a little lightheaded a little woozy in my kitchen but I was doing the dishes and running around and my kitchen's under construction so the guy was there painting the cabinets um, and I just realized I needed to eat you know I had had a protein shake before it and as soon as I ate a sandwich, I was fine. So really, there was nothing lasting. They just told me yesterday, take it easy. Don't lift anything heavy, especially with the arm that they did the donation with. Don't drink any alcohol, just rest. And, and that, per fine, fine. I'm happy to take a day of rest. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Well, for you, that that's tough. Yeah. You don't normally take days of rest. You're lifting at the store with furniture and all kinds of things at home. And as you said, you've got all kinds of construction projects going on at the house. So yeah. Sitting around and doing nothing is not on your list of Well, activities. I didn't sit around, but I took it easier than well, usual. Yes, so, I, I yeah. could see that. So did they discuss with you what donating plasma will do and who specifically will receive that or what they expect to do with it? Well, this is really interesting. I didn't know this before yesterday. So I wanted to have the answer to that very question for myself. All right, so I went to the FDA website, which to me had the best information on plasma plasma donation. Here, here we go. I'm going to read it to you. If you have fully recovered from COVID-19, you may be able to help patients currently fighting the infection by donating your plasma. Because you fought the infection, your plasma now contains COVID-19 antibodies. 
These antibodies provided one way for your immune system to fight the virus when you were sick. So your plasma may be able to be used to help others fight off the disease. Antibodies are the proteins that might help fight the infection. Because there is no approved treatments for COVID-19, there is some information that suggests these antibodies might help some patients recover. Well, as we know, it's an ever-evolving process trying to address corona and uh, hopefully a vaccine eventually and, and a cure. Absolutely. And so that that was interesting. And that really showed me the desperation with that nurse. Like, sure. oh, we just need your plasma. We need your plasma. And with COVID cases rising, we're seeing another huge spike right now. At the time we're taping the show, numbers are, are going crazy. Uh, yes, I can see why they need plasma so bad because of all the people that have had it. If If my blood has the antibodies and it can help with the testing and it can help with the vaccine and it can possibly help with the treatment, we need to have more of me right, donating. Exactly. Otherwise, we're going to be stuck and numbers are going to continue to rise. And the comments you read from the FDA, it doesn't say if you were asymptomatic, you can't donate. Correct. So apparently anyone asymptomatic or otherwise who fought that battle can still come in and donate plasma. Oh, absolutely. If assist. you are asymptomatic, you still have the antibodies. Sure. Your body just fought it without you showing symptoms. I did not. I am immune suppressed. So I got sicker. I showed more symptoms. But you probably had it you didn't have right, the right. test but and i still um, have yet to be tested and i've thought about going and getting tested now where they wouldn't test me before since i didn't show symptoms well i haven't told you this but you now have a plasma appointment so. oh i do <laughs> <laughs> oh well uh, i guess I, I need to listen very intently from this point forward to yeah. find out what all's involved but all right so yes I, i'm one of those that you and i were together throughout the whole process for those that have not listened to the prior shows and with that being said, I recall that the doctor told you when you were uh, confirmed to be positive that 80% of the people that wind up with it are asymptomatic. And yeah. that because you and I were together nonstop, there was about a 99.9% .9 chance I had it, but I fell yeah. into that asymptomatic crowd. So now I do feel as though I need to go get tested just to confirm if I did or did not have it. Well, at the time, they wouldn't test you. Right, right, exactly. I remember, right, I remember even asking that, and they said, no, if he has no symptoms, there's not enough tests. Right. We're only testing those who are sick. So, right. yes, now, absolutely. Um, go, let's see if you have the antibodies, and then you can lay in the chair next to me and donate plasma. I think you'll have to go and hold my hand if I'm going to have to go through that process. <laughs> it doesn't Based hurt. on what you said. Yeah, it's well, easy. Everybody's doing it. Yes, I, I, absolutely. If it does turn out that I'm positive, of course. I, then We're then I will go. Because I, I didn't test positive. I'm negative now. Well, that's I don't right. Have right. It, it would be negative now, but yes, the, antibodies the antibodies would be there. Correct. Right, right. All right. So what if you haven't had COVID-19, whether you're asymptomatic or spent time in the hospital trying to recover? If you've not been diagnosed, you never had it, what exactly can you do to help others? Donate blood. They need it. It, it, everybody donate blood. I can't stress that enough. This is another interesting fact. One blood donation can save up to three lives. That's huge. That it is takes huge. no time at all, maybe 30 minutes out of your day, and you're not down for the entire day. I was very pleased yesterday while I was sitting in the clinic to see people in there donating. There was a lady next to me donating platelets. Three gentlemen came in while I was in the chair and all donated blood. That It just warms my heart. Well, I think I already know the answer to this question because it's you, but I have to ask anyway, will you donate again? Yes. They've actually already made my appointment. They would really? need it so badly before I left. They said, can we, re can we schedule you again? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, so how long between appointments does it have to be before you can donate again? It's a month between before I could donate again. I'm going to push it a little bit longer only because of school. Yesterday I had to get a nanny. I've got two small children at home. Um, 
so I thought, well, if we're going into August, so I made the appointment and unfortunately I have to call and push it back because just as of last night, the county that we're in pushed school back a week. I have a feeling that's going to change again. I, I have a, just my gut tells me it's going to go closer to September. But um, so anyway, if it goes closer to September, I'll get another nanny and I'll go do it again. If not, um, I'll do it as soon as they go back to school. I don't doubt that for a second. You're, you're not going to have anything left period as much as you've donated but let, let's kind of go through the laundry list of things you've donated okay okay well i'm not talking about goods and items to salvation well, Army yes, or goodwill. There, there is always that so i you know i don't know where this stems from um but years and years and years ago probably 10 years ago i actually have a written bucket list and it was on my bucket list to donate blood i just thought it was something that was important and wanted to do it, uh, felt brave to go in and do it. So the Red Cross came to my church and I signed up and went in all by myself and donated blood. And then years later came the need to donate a kidney. And I did that um, to my, my dad, my father got my kidney. And then I get a letter in the mail needing plasma that can help people. So, so that goes too. What can I say? I well, like to I, give. I will say I have a similar experience the first time I donated blood was a uh, youth group meeting at our church and the blood mobile came to the church and yeah. we as a youth group all those that were old enough went and donated blood that was the first time i ever did i've done it several times oh, but good. It's, it's been a while i don't think i knew that about you yeah it's, it's been a, we it's been a while well okay well we'll get you back in there well i gotta do plasma before i do that's blood true. apparently that's <laughs> so true. Okay. after i get tested for corona and make sure i actually have the antibodies yeah speaking of corona it's never really gone away completely we all know that but now it's really kind of coming back into the forefront of the news and and affecting everyone's life all over again. This is kind of that second surge that they've referenced in the past. In fact, before we came in today, there was a press conference live, uh, the daily press conference discussing coronavirus and, and things now that uh, from a federal standpoint are, are being done, and even on a state level. I know some cities are mandating masks, those kinds of things. Uh, but what are you hearing from people that, that you uh, talk to about coronavirus, moms, dads uh, with school-aged children? What, what kind of things are being discussed that you're – uh, aware of a lot uh, I can say being a business owner I own a large retail store so I can say that employees are getting fearful again to come to work now this was happening back in March when the original shutdown happened I've got some that are older that are, are going back into the um, being fearful again uh, are we going to make it mandatory that before you walk into our store that you have to have a mask on it thus far it's been uh optional the employees all have masks on but yet to be able to even shop at our store uh you would have to have a mask on and also i had the opportunity i've been in a women's bible study for many years and we got together this morning for coffee just the underlying tone of i don't want to call it a meeting it was just a group gathering but man everybody is upset everybody's concerned everybody's passionate everybody's fearful i mean it's just this overwhelming tone of everyone in that room it's it's disheartening um you know, the school decision came out yesterday for our county that it is going to be mandatory for the children to wear masks. It, are you even going to send your kids back? Are you going to homeschool them? Are they going to do digital learning? Are they going to go and have to wear a mask? I mean, it's it's it, it's hard. I mean, I just feel the pressure. I feel what everyone else is feeling. I have to make these decisions for my own family. So I know if that little small group of some of my friends are just this, we spent the entire hour 
only talking. I heard this. I heard this. People are angry with the news. People are misinformed. Those that are informed are yelling out their facts. I mean, it was just such passion behind the way everyone feels about this. And the difficulty, well, there are many, many difficulties, but one in particular that I think about is if someone has multiple kids, three, four, five, even two kids, and each kid is different. Mm -hmm. One kid may not have any problem whatsoever wearing a mask. Maybe their age or just their demeanor, their personality, it doesn't phase them one bit. But then you've got the other kids who are gonna be terribly affected by the idea of having to wear a mask, whether it's a sensory thing or just uncomfortable, difficulty breathing, hot, all those things that come with that. Absolutely, and that's, how do you put a mask on a kindergartner and <laughs> yes, ask them yes. to wear it all day long? Yeah. So. I've seen funny videos, and I'm sure everybody else yeah. has, of, of teachers imitating what they expect a kindergartner, first grade, second, yeah. even third grader, to do with a mask and how they're going to play with it all day, pull it off, uh, sneeze in it, whatever. Sure, sure. And and we've got one that we're going to ask here, um, right? You want to set yes, that? Yes, we do. Yes. We have a very special guest today in the studio. Uh, we'll, we'll start with the very basics. Will you introduce yourself? What's your name? Elise Brooks. Well, Elise, it's great to have you here. Uh, you're Lita's daughter, but how old are you? I'm eight. And what grade are you going into next year? Third grade. So now that we've talked a little bit about coronavirus and some things that are going to have to happen this next school year, do you realize you're going to have to wear a mask during the school day? Yes, I do. Does that make you a uh, little concerned about having to do that? Are you going to be okay wearing a mask all day? It's going to get hot. It is going to get hot. So yesterday we had a, a checkup, right? We had to go get a physical. So we had to wear yes. a mask at the doctor's office, right? Yes. H how long did we keep that mask on? For like 40 minutes. Yeah. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a long time, wasn't well, it? Well, it was, it, was it was painful for me. How did you feel? I had to keep taking it off. Right. And I feel like that's what's going to happen when we have to go back to school, right? These yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's eight and she could barely wear it for 40 minutes. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, I personally feel like it's pretty, what, uh, it's not even feasible. Well, no, no. And, and that's just it. Even a teacher, how's a teacher going to regulate 30 kids in a classroom? For 30 kids, you may have 10 or 15 of them that are going to keep the mask on pretty regularly, but then you're going to have the others that are going to fidget with it, play with it, take it off. It's going to become a difficult hurdle for a teacher to maintain control of the classroom. Oh, absolutely. But let me ask you this, Elise. Yes. When they set, shut school down last year, last spring, and you didn't get to go back to school before the year ended, how did you feel? Really sad. What, yes. what made you most sad? Was it missing your teacher or missing your friends? Missing my teacher, missing my friend, and riding the bus. Oh, oh, I didn't think right. about riding the bus. I know. Oh, I, and I can speak, obviously, as mom. She did. She had a really, really, really hard time, as many of you listening that have children at home. Um, Elise is a school kid. She's extremely smart. She's extremely social. She never, ever once fought me on having to go to school. She was devastated. Devastated. Now, her brother was jumping around <laughs> dancing like this was the best thing that ever happened. And she was sobbing. I mean, it was the polar opposite. So you're talking about having different kids. Right, right, exactly. They're, they're different. She, I can see, Elise, I can see you accepting to wear the mask just so you can go to school. But I see my son, who has an autistic diagnosis, he wouldn't even get a haircut because they were going to make him wear a mask. Yeah, and that's a sensory thing, correct? Yeah, oh, it's very sensory. He does not like anything touching his face. He barely will put on a baseball cap. He just doesn't, that, that is his thing. He doesn't want anything around his head. And so for him to put a mask on and have to go to school, I, 
trust me, I have a feeling homeschool or virtual school, something may be in our future. Yeah, I don't gonna think he's going to do it. Right. The, the transition to that's going to be extremely difficult for a kid with sensory issues. Um, you know, he may be able to keep it on for a short period of time, but I don't think all school day. And even if they do socially di- social distancing, that's going to be tough. Yeah, absolutely. So before we finish up, Elise, I want to ask you a few more questions about when mommy got Corona. Okay, I don't think, you know, I've talked about my story here, but your story is just important because you were in the house with me, right? Do you remember? Tell everybody listening from your perspective, what happened when mommy got coronavirus? She was coughing. Um, She couldn't really sleep. She was having a hard time, and I couldn't really handle it by myself. Oh, honey. Did it scare you, sweetheart? It kind of makes me cry. It scares me. It scared me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what were you, were you scared that you might get it? No. Were you scared that your brother might get it? No. Were you afraid that mom would have to go to the hospital? Yes. Really? That was one of the biggest fears? Mm-hmm. Well, I remember one day when mom was really the sickest, you called me one afternoon. Do you remember that? Yes, I did. And I was at my office, and do you remember why you called me? Because I couldn't handle her. She <gasps> was like... Right. Well, tell us tell us what happened that afternoon. Do you remember all the details? I had to tell you, like, what I couldn't, like, handle, like, what I couldn't, like, do. You were scared, huh? Yeah, I remember you called, and you were crying, and you were scared, and I think you were in the bed with Mom, and Mom was having a hard time breathing, wasn't she? Yes, I was. Yeah, and Mom was having a hard time sitting up and staying awake, and she was, she -hmm. had real bad fever, I believe, that day, too, didn't she? Yes, a really bad one. Real bad headache. That was the day it was the migraine. And the migraine was so severe that it produced or made me um, feel like I needed to throw up. Mm -hmm. So I remember Elise was having to hold me and and get me a trash can I couldn't even get to the to the restroom to get sick so that that was the worst day for me and I know we've talked about that on a past show but I do think it's interesting I know it's tugging at my heartstrings to hear she was there you know everybody shelters in place but she witnessed it it, it's very real for everybody in the house to see one of your loved ones go through this so she, she was so brave, and she helped Mom every step of the I way. I was going to say, you took really good care of Mom until I got there that day. And you helped me out, too, when I got there. You helped me do things to take care of Mom. Do so, you remember some of the ways that you helped me? I know I do. Um, you had my oils. I, yeah, I had her oils, and I put it um, on her head, and then I prayed for her. <gasps> she did. I do oh, remember that. Yeah, that I it re- would all go away. Oh, it's precious. Well, let's talk a little bit more about school because I don't, I don't want to skip over a couple of things. So going back to school, are you excited to be able to go back to school? Very. Yeah. Very. Well, <laughs> when school shut down and you had Zoom calls, remember last year when, yes. when school was done? Yes. How did you like the Zoom calls with your teacher and with your friends, your classmates? Very much. Yeah. Did you feel like you were able to learn a lot doing the Zoom calls? Mm-hmm. You did? Did it make you sad when the Zoom calls were over each day? Mm-hmm. Why did it make you sad? Because one time I cried after it was over. Yeah. Why, you, why is that? Tell us why you cried. Because that was like the only time I would see them on that day. That's right. That's exactly right. Aww. But I do remember, too, Mom did something to try and help you transition through being at home a lot. She, she transformed a room at the house, didn't she? She transformed the guest room into a playroom for Yay. me. 
a playroom of your very own, right? Yes. Yeah, because you were stuck with brother, right? <laughs> That's right. I had to se- not separate him for behavior, but she needed a space. Sure. I mean, she was she was has talked in her words, but you know, as mom, I can say she was she was having a hard time. There mm-hmm. was a lot of tears. There was a lot of acting out. A lot of boredom, especially when I got sick, and then we were completely quarantined from all of our neighbors and everybody we had kind of socially distanced with. Um, we went on lockdown. That's right. We so. put puzzles together. We played board games. A we lot watched of puzzles. Movie. Yeah, a lot, a lot of, puzzles. of puzzles. You're yeah. right. Yeah, you're exactly right. You didn't even get to have play dates during that time. No, not at all. So having a playroom was fun. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, Elise, thank you. Thank you for being on the show. You are welcome. Oh, she's so cute. I wish you could she all see her. She did a great her. job. Yay! I'm impressed. But I do want to move to the next topic, and that is we had the pleasure of traveling to uh, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina last week. That was terrific. And we're going to cover travel as part of the show. I know in future shows go more in depth about travel because this is one of the topics that you want to make as part of status life with Lita. Um, Especially during COVID-19, the travel issues are a little different. Um, And you talked about that some on your social media. You talked about the struggles you're having with your lungs since coronavirus uh, during the travel and trying to exercise. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So again, very relevant. I think the topic at hand today is the coronavirus. And this is very interesting because I've been running for 20 years off and on, right? I've, I've had different pauses in my running when I had my kids. I had a huge pause when I did the kidney surgery. And getting back into it, this does not feel the same. And that's why I really, really feel like this has to do with corona and having the coronavirus in your lungs. They do not feel the same. The best way that I can describe this is that they feel like they are cinder blocks. They are not opening and expanding. Now, they do for normal conversation. They do if I want to walk. They do if I want to, you know, talk or be at work. I'm talking about running and pushing my lungs to get that cardiovascular health in there and that strength. I could barely run, barely. I mean, I, I would go just a couple of minutes and don't dare ask me a question while I'm trying to run. I mean, I just, it, that has never happened. Again, I know what it's like to stop and start in different phases of my life. I know what it's like to not run through a pregnancy. That was my choice and to get back after it. There is being out of shape and then there is this. And I'm, I am 100% correlating this to having corona. So I started doing a little research. I put it out on social media and said, is anybody else feeling like this? And I had responses back. Yes, this has been really difficult. I don't have the lung capacity that I used to. So in doing some research, I found out that it can be up to three months, if not longer, for the lungs to heal after having the coronavirus. Uh, And so that's what I'm experiencing. I said this to one of my friends, and she said that she had read, and again, there's so much information. I'm trying to really only get information from the FDA, the CDC, the government websites. Uh, She read that it could take up to a year. But, uh, I mean, I'm at the three, three and a half month mark, and I'm telling you, my lungs do not feel the same. Well, the reality is nobody knows yet because this is something new that we're all facing for the first time, and the recovery process is going to be, I'm sure well documented for every person and every background and those with immune deficiencies, those with all kinds of other issues. So it is something that we just don't know true answers to yet. Do you want to hear something gross? Well, since you set it up that way, I think the only (laughs) answer is, yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. This is another side effect from Corona. All right. It's not super gross. (laughs) Excuse me. Um, 
I haven't even told you this yet. All right. This is a new one. See what is happening to me? <laughs> <laughs> I guess when you started We're talking, talking about gross, Corona, it, right, and all the stuff up that's a happening. Bit. Uh, okay, so I do not have any sinus trouble ever. I've, I don't have any allergies. I've never, I don't wheeze. Like I don't have any of these kind of problems. And ever since Corona, I have to clear my sinuses out two and three times a day, especially every morning. I wake up and it's, I know it's gross and I know it's TMI, but I'm telling you guys what happens if you get Corona and the long lasting effects, right? I'm telling you that my lungs are not working the same. They, they feel tighter. They feel like much, much, much more constricted. And I'm telling you that I am still having minor respiratory distress and not in a gasping. I know that I'm not sick. I've tested Corona negative, but this was a respiratory virus and it lingers. As someone who deals with allergies, I can understand the, the congestion and the sinus drainage, all that. And it's very frustrating. And yes, you do not typically suffer that no. issue. No. So, so that, now it's just getting irritating. And I know because it's lingering. It's not just one day I had to clear my sinuses. It has been every single day since March, yeah, multiple times a day. That's one of those things, I'm sure, that are going to continue to be tracked and the after effects of corona for all kinds of people. But I want to go back to the travel issue for a minute. We mentioned earlier we traveled to South Carolina, or Myrtle Beach, South Carolina specifically. Mm-hmm. And I know traveling and blogging about the vacations and trips, those kind of things, are something you're really passionate about. Um, so how did it feel to be traveling again? Finally, we haven't gone anywhere really since November. How did it feel to get out and go somewhere again? It, it was wonderful. It was amazing just to be able to go unplug for a little while. Yes. I mean, that is why I love traveling anyways, let alone to be quarantined and have gone through everything that we've gone through since last November. Um, yeah. I mean, that the easy answer is it felt great. It felt great to be out. Now, we can talk about the negative effects of corona and we can talk about my lungs aren't working the same and i have to blow my nose all the time but there is one positive in that we now wear the suit of armor right yes, it, and, yes. and a lot of people are saying oh but that's not proven and listen i have the antibodies my blood helps people okay right, right. what i have read and what my doctor told me and this is me and and again i get people want to argue this point with me a lot that is fine. Argue all day long. But my doctor and what I have read, the same thing. Once this is viral and once your body fights it, your body knows how to fight it again. So people that are getting it, what I read was that they're getting it and they haven't really been over the first time. That's why they're seeing a relapse. They were mm-hmm. never clearly over it. So the symptoms kind of flare up. I am over it. I am past it. I am through it. A complete recovery. So I feel... I'm going out into the world, I'm working, I'm feeling comfortable, you know, checking people out. So traveling, it was nice. I I don't, I'm not sitting with fear. I've already had it. I've already been through it. I already survived Mm -hmm. it. You too. Yeah, we'll talk a little more about Myrtle Beach specifically and some of the things we did. But one of the things that was interesting, though, the day we left to come back, the Myrtle Beach City Council had met the day before. And they voted to make mask mandatory in all public places. And the resort where we were, the lobby, for example, and areas around the lobby, you had to wear a mask. But it was interesting because there is a game room there at the resort. And in the game room, you didn't have to wear a mask, even though the video arcade games are all next to each other, closer than six feet apart. You didn't have to wear a mask there. It I'm didn't not, make any sense. I'm not positive who's making these. It was the teeniest, was tiny little room. Right, oh, right. my God. And even the pool deck, you didn't have to wear a mask there, but all the chairs were elbow to elbow. I mean. And, and packed. There were lots of folks there on vacation. Myrtle Beach is supposedly one of the hot spots now. Uh, I think maybe because of baseball tournaments and people traveling from all over that come there. 
Uh, and maybe that's why they passed the, the resolution to make mask mandatory. But thankfully, we got through the week. Yeah. And the day we came back was the day that all started. Yeah. And that sort of wait. We were even contemplating staying right, right. an extra day. And we were like, you know what? Now we have to wear masks everywhere we go. We've just enjoyed a whole week without <laughs> yes. it. You know, I guess let's head back. Let's head back home. Um, but let's talk specifics about the trip a yeah, little bit. A All right, we're going to switch gears. I know this has been a heavy conversation. I know Corona is on the rise. Again, I, I feel like I'm a, a mini expert here. I'm learning a lot about plasma. I'm learning and I'm teaching you guys about, about the after effects. This has been a long journey, and I appreciate every single person listening and following this with me. Um, I will just interject before we jump off of Corona. I will say that I absolutely welcome questions if you have a loved one, if you're going through it, I've made so many friends throughout this po- process, people I've never even met, but we are now texting about what to expect, what are your symptoms, how are you doing, feel free to reach out. Uh, I know at the end of the show, we'll go through all my social media channels, but I am here, I am a resource, right? I open myself up to talk about this and I do not mind answering your questions. So if you wanna know anything about my personal journey with it, let me know. Well, let's talk about some of the things there in Myrtle Beach that we did. Let's go to there the was, travel. Let's yeah. go to the fun part. There was a lot of fun there. I, yeah. I had been there many years ago, and I, I think you said you had once before, but didn't really have much of a memory of Myrtle Beach. No, I was too young. I just, I wasn't, you don't see things the same when you're a child or a teenager, right? You just remember going to a place. But now as an adult, you research, what are we going to do? Where are we going to eat? What are the fun, the hot spots with the kids, right? Yeah. So it was much different. Um, so I'll lead with, it was sort of by accident that we uh, ended up in Myrtle Beach. We were supposed to be in Siesta Key, which is South Florida. Uh, but we got rerouted for the Cal Ripken baseball tournament. So that's what brought you to Myrtle Beach right. in I, years past. My right? son did the tournament five, six years ago. And so I had been to Myrtle Beach specifically for that. Now I was coaching, so I didn't really get to enjoy much other than the baseball part of it. Uh, so it was different to come in and, and see the beach and enjoy yeah. the beach and not have to sit and do stats every night and figure out lineups and batting order and that kind of thing. Sure, sure. So it was fun, and we ended up doing one game. So it was another family. We travel every summer, and we do a big family beach trip with lots of friends. But one thing I want to say about Myrtle Beach, right, don't tune this off if you're saying, okay, what do I care about the beach, and you're living in Rhode Island or you're living in Ohio. This is why I want to talk about Myrtle Beach, because it's accessible for everyone. It is in South Carolina. I know, you know, being from Michigan, my family would travel to Myrtle Beach. It's a beautiful, beautiful beach. It's close. Everybody on the eastern seaboard, everybody can get to Myrtle Beach. So if you're living in Florida and you're saying, oh, well, why would I go up to another beach? Because it's fun, right? We want to hit on all the fun things to do, but I want everyone to know why we're pitching Myrtle Beach, really. Um, So, again, we got rerouted there. Uh, Friends got, uh, what? put in the base I don't do you qualify yeah, well, am I the, saying I'm not a baseball mom so the, how do you the get travel it? team entered into the tournament okay so, so they're in the tournament so our friends say all right we're going to forget siesta let's go to Myrtle we stayed at a fantastic resort called the Caribbean 14 pools uh it was it was condos so we got a condo specific to our the size of our family mm-hmm. and the other families that we were with they all got their own separate condos uh it was great I mean, it was very accommodating from the lazy rivers to the hot tubs to the water slide. To the beach access. But that's what I was going to say. We spent most of our time on the beach. And yeah. it was it was awesome, right? You can rent the beach chairs. We had brought all of our own chairs, so we didn't need to do that. I think our biggest problem was that the tide kept pushing us back every day, <laughs> right? right? 
Um, yes, until the bags would get soaked and we'd pick yeah. up and move back another 10 so feet. So tell me something that was a highlight for you. Well, I think one of the fa- my favorite things, aside from the beach, was playing golf. Yeah. Myrtle Beach is absolutely a golf yep. destination, whether you're a guy or a lady. It's it's tons of courses there. Uh, I think one thing I read said it's the most courses in the smallest area that you'll find anywhere in the U.S., uh, there are more courses around Myrtle Beach um, as an area, the, the actual Myrtle Beach complex, as well as areas around Myrtle Beach. Uh, so you could go for a week and play two or three courses a day if you could do that. Yeah, no. And still not play any of them. That's I mean, all of them really right. true that you said that. Um, Brian, uh, he's my ex-husband. He's Elisa's dad. This is another topic for another day, right? I've, we kind of pitched on or talk, touched on this last show. Um Brian ended up on the trip with us, yeah, right? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. <laughs> we truly are one big happy family. But that's interesting that you brought up the golf because I had forgotten that he loves to take guys weekends to Myrtle Beach and do golf trips. They'll play 36 holes each day because there's that much golf to be played. So right, that's a exactly. really good point. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we had kids with us, and kids under, I think, 12 or 14 years of age get to play for free. Yeah, absolutely. So it's not that as expensive as you would expect. I mean, greens fees can range anywhere from 45 to probably 150 bucks or more, but when you're not paying for a kid, and a lot of the courses were kids play free, it's, it's great. So amazing beaches, white sand, the water was very blue. I know I was showing a friend some pictures, and she said, I didn't know the beach was so pretty there. It is. The beach was yeah. beautiful. The water was nice. The resort we stayed at was great. Golf. So we're checking all these boxes. But the food. The I food mean, we was had amazing food the whole week that we were there. And something, too, that was really interesting to me, I didn't know about that huge place that, that called a city center, Broadway on the Beach. Yeah, Broadway on the Beach is an entertainment complex. That's wow. the best way to put it. It was so fun. Yeah, it's a man-made lake. I don't know how many acres it is, but a man-made lake with shops that surround the lake, as well as uh, um, carnival rides, I guess you would call yeah. them. Carnival rides that are strategically placed around, and kids can buy wristbands and ride the rides or buy individual tickets and so you can go from one area and ride all the rides there continue to shop and wind up at another area with more carnival rides and so the kids are entertained something for them to do uh the shopping is great the restaurants are all around the the water as well around the man-made lake but one of the really cool things the man-made lake they've got jet boats yes and the jet oh, boats go so during fun. the day they yep. go at night and it's kind of like a oversized jet ski they'll slam on the brakes and spin in circles and people are having a blast we didn't get a chance to do it this trip but it was something that i'm sure would be terrific to to do yeah the whole thing i had no idea so i hope people you're listening and like okay why do i want to hear about myrtle beach Uh, we're just telling you how fun it is how much family fun uh i had no idea no idea maybe i just had never listened to a podcast or a blogger talk about how great Myrtle Beach was. But we really, really had a good time. All the families we were with had a really good time. We got to go deep sea fishing one day. We chartered our own boat. Uh, the captain was fantastic. He, I'm going to write about all this. We'll pull all this together in a blog yeah, so this you is can a, this have. This will be a great blog. Oh, absolutely. Sure. I'll put the pictures in and I can actually talk about the specific boat that we used. But it held 15. There was 11 of us that day. But he taught each of the kids. Elise, who was just on the show. I mean, she caught, what, 30, 50 fish yeah, by oh, herself? Easy. Right, easy. Right. I mean, that it was drop and pull, drop and pull. They had us on the hot spot. So, 
overall amazing again traveling travel blogging travel podcasting it's a big part of our show we haven't been able to talk about it much on status life with lita because since we started the show we've been on the shutdown so <laughs> exactly this is the first time that we're really getting to dive into some of our trips uh, it was Myrtle Beach. I hope you guys learned a lot. I hope you will travel there. I hope, uh, again, you can reach out and ask some questions, but I will write all this up and put it on the blog. One final point about Myrtle Beach. It's kind of like if you've ever been to Pigeon Forge or I even imagine Branson, Missouri, lots of um, uh, theaters where they do dinner shows and things of that nature as well. So it's more than just the beach, more than just the go-karts and the putt-putt and those kind of things you'll find at other destinations. There is actual entertainment, and they've also got minor league baseball there. So plenty of things to go and do if you should decide to go there on vacation. We were there an entire week and probably didn't even scratch the surface. Yeah. When yeah. we were leaving, I remember when we were going, well, we didn't get to do this. Oh, we forgot about that. Yeah. We'll oh, have to go well, back. Yeah, exactly. We will definitely go back. And what better way to talk about a destination than when you've been there for a week, you leave and think, wow, we still missed out yep. on so much. Absolutely. Well, tell everybody about your social media and how they can okay. get in touch with you. Yes. All right. Status Life with Lita, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Find me there. You can direct message me. We have our website, www.statushomedesign.com. That is the big website. Every branch of everything that I do is on there. You can find my online e-commerce store, The Status Market. You can find the blog, Status Life with Lita. You can find information on my retail store just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, you can find information on my interior design firm. And we do travel. I've got one of my interior designers heading to Denver. Uh, to work on a project so we you know and all over um, I've got another one possibly up in Illinois for myself that's so great. we we travel all over uh, the United States the Caribbean and of course we work most here in metro Atlanta because that's where we're based but you find me message me uh, and again I love stories this is a lifestyle podcast tell me your stories tell me what's going on you want to talk corona or you want to tell me about something fabulous with interior design I want to hear it all well, before we close, I do want you to mention the status market one more time, okay. the live sales. Okay. Oh, it's yeah. Wednesday. Wednesday night at 830. We go live on Facebook, The Status Market, and that is the handle, thestatusmarket.com. We will feature about five, six items uh, each Wednesday night. And yes, it's a lot of fun, and we always sell out of everything that we feature say, on Wednesday nights. But that's a good problem to yeah, have. Exactly. You know? Yeah, so uh, we go live, and, and that's it. And some great items coming tonight, yes, right? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, of course. Well, of course. Always, always. But I do, you know, you said the status market, and what popped into my mind was Compassion Station. So we had Amy on Compassion Station, uh, which is a nonprofit. We do, we're always collecting. We're always collecting for someone, some charity, some family, someone in our community that's in need. Right now, we're doing backpacks since the kids are getting ready to go back to school. Uh, those that cannot afford backpacks, school supplies, go to Compassion Station on Facebook and check out the list. You can donate money if you're listening from somewhere else in the, in the United States. All the money will go to buying these items for those in need, whoever we're collecting for. Um, or you can go to any of my social media and the list will be up. So right. I, d I definitely want to pitch that. The Compassion Station is very near and dear to my heart. We have a permanent location inside status for collecting. I'm glad you did that. That is a wonderful, yes. wonderful way to donate and help help others out, especially now. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Status Life with Lita, presented by Status Home Design and the law office of Derek M. Hayes. Don't forget that you can enjoy any of our podcasts anytime by visiting businessradiox.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and then clicking on Status Life with Lita. 
This program is also available on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, for Lita Brooks, I'm Derek Hayes, and you've been listening to Status Life with Lita on Business Radio X. 